two, like I said, of our series on communication. And our goal for the next few weeks is to look at what God expects us to, how God expects us to communicate with each other. To advance the conversation further, though, I got a little help with me this morning in the form of Tiffany. So you guys have a little Valentine's treat for us this morning. You get the two of us. So Tiffany's going to join me. And what we want to talk to you this morning about is from the subject of fighting fair. Everybody say fighting fair. Hence the gloves on the table this morning. So we're going to learn how to fight fair when it comes to our communication. Because some of y'all don't fight fair. Some of y'all are like me, I believe, that, you know, you, you look for ways to jab. And, and, and when you've been jabbed, you're going to find another way to counter that jab, right? Is that okay? Okay. I'm in good company this morning. So the funny thing is when we were, when we were preparing to do this talk, as we were looking over some content, it was almost as if we started arguing about what, <laughs> what's important and what to bring out. And so, and so um, yeah, yeah, we got here, though. We got here. So I, I think God's going to use it, and you guys are going to enjoy it. So, Tiffany, I want you to come, and I want you to explain why learning to fight fair is necessary. Why learning to fight fair is necessary. Well... It's essential to learn how to fight fair because in the world we live in today, let's face it, everybody wants to fight. Everything you say, people try to find the words so they can find a fight in it. They won't even let you finish a sentence because they're ready to argue with whatever you have to say. So our world is just filled with conflict. And when we talk about fighting fair um, in relationships, we're not talking about just married people. Everybody has relationships in here, one form or another. You're either a sister to somebody, a brother to somebody, a spouse. You have friends, you have coworkers, even all of these lovely faces this morning in here. The people you worship with on Sunday, these are all people that you can have conflict with. So it's important to learn how to fight fair because conflict is everywhere. And conflict isn't bad. People hear conflict and they're like, Oh, I try to avoid it, I try to avoid it. But well, what does that fix? Avoiding it doesn't fix anything, and that's the problem in our world today, too. People don't know how to have conversations because they're afraid, well, there's going to be an argument, there's going to be a fight. We need to learn how to have conversations without having arguments. Avoiding conflict, it doesn't solve anything, but resolving it does. So within the relationship, we have to value good communication. That's the key. And in fact, there's a saying that says, good communication is the bridge between confusion and clarity. And we should have a photo for that. But before we ever go there to a place of no return, there's some things that we need to do. Yeah, I hope y'all got that. I hope y'all got that. Communication, when it comes to communication, communication is the bridge between confusion and clarity. So between, in other words, between your thoughts and my thoughts, right? Between your thoughts and my thoughts, we have to communicate in between. The only way that I can know what's going on in your head and you can know what's going on in my head is that bridge of communication, all right? Amen? Amen. So we, we have to understand what, is it, what does it mean for us to, to, um, to communicate before we, go that, before we go to that place of no return? 
right? So can I give you scripture for that, what I'm talking about? All right, I'm going to give you some scripture for that. Um, but before we do, before I give you scripture, I, I want you to understand fair is fair. When it comes to our communication, fair is fair before you go there. Everybody say that. Fair is fair before you go there. All right, all right, all right. So we must, we must remember that. Proverbs 13.10 says, pride leads to conflict. And those, that, those who take advice are wise. Pride leads to conflict. You know, in most communication situations I have with people, when a communication is kind of going south or has went south, usually it's because somebody, somebody wanted their way. It was my way or the highway, right? Um, and so scripture teaches us that in order to deal with conflict, we must be open to the opinions of others. That's what that verse is teaching us. So you must be open. You must be open. And we're going to get clarity. And so when disagreements happen in our relationships or marriage, we need to, to, need to, we need to understand how to fight fair. We need, to, we need to understand when there's confusion, we want to bridge the gap to clarity. So we have to understand how to fight fair instead of avoiding fights, instead of putting off uh, the inevitable. And so this is, what we, this is what I want you to understand. You have to understand conflict's going to come. Conflict's going to come, but what is your fighting style? When, when it comes to conflict, you're, you're, you're going to have that conflict, but you got to know what kind of fighting style you have and, and what kind of fighting style the other person has if you're in relationships. I'm just talking about the relationships we value. If you don't value the relationship, you're not going to have the conversation, you're, and you're going to have the wrong conversation with the wrong people. But in the relationships we value, we have to have the right we have to have the right conversations with the right people. So if we're going to understand what kind of fighter we are, I thought I'd give y'all a little illustration. <laughs> in the ring of boxing, there are five fighting styles. Five fighting styles. Um, there's the pressure fighter. The pressure fighter. He's all about unleashing volume in the fight. He's pressing the fight. He's pressing the fight. He's coming out of the corner. He's coming, from, he's coming from his area of the house. He's coming from his area of the office, his cubicle, and he's pressing, he's pressing, he's pressing. He's pressing the fight. That's the pressure fighter. Maybe some of you have that style. And then you have the outboxer. The outboxer looks for the advantage. He has the height and reach. He has the out, height and reach, and so what he does, he stands at a distance, but he can jab. And he looks for ways to take the advantage and, and slip and, and jab. And, so, and sometimes, sometimes in our communication, we look for ways that we can, you know, we can be there, but you're looking for that way to take that jab, right? Jabbing low, jabbing high. <laughs> you're looking for a way so you don't get hurt, but you're taking those jabs, and you know where to jab. You know what a jab, don't we? Oh, man. Oh, man. So you have the, the pressure fighter, the outboxer. You have the slugger. The slugger lo <laughs> looks to win at all cost. I wonder who's a slugger. The slugger looks to win at all. Yes, the slugger is like he going for it. He just he, eyes closed. I don't care what happens. I, I'm, just, I'm just going for it. I'm just going for it. I'm just reaching all my strength. And eventually you have no strength. If you, had the, if you don't have the stamina you get hurt. 
Then you have the counterpuncher. They're quick on their feet. They're skilled and they sit back and they sit back and wait. They're skilled, they're skilled. So when you get hit, they hit back. Man, I know a lot of counterpunchers. I said, when you get hit, they hit right back. You hit me, I'm gonna hit you harder. The counterpuncher. But they can be outworked because they sit back. And when, when they're scoring the fight, the counterpuncher gets less score because they're waiting. They're waiting to counter every time. Every move is just a counter. And then finally you have the boxer puncher. This is the most dynamic. He's the most dynamic. She's the most dynamic. Um, um, they're, they're the most, they're the most well-rounded in the scale of fighting. <laughs> they know when to slug, they know when to jab, they know when to counter, they when to, when, when to dance, when to just be about to show, you know, just, just wait you out, you know. Um, they possess all styles. And they vary their styles from opponent to opponent. So when I'm having this conversation with you, it's different than when I'm having a conversation with you. And then when I'm talking with you, the conversation is a little bit varying in content. And then when I'm home, I'm adjusting my conversation a little bit more. Those are the five common styles of boxing. But when it comes to our communication, y'all might want to lean in and wake up because we have five common styles of communicating too. Don't think I left out communication. Like boxing as communicators, we also have five common styles. Some may avoid conflict at all costs. And we're talking about the relationships we value, remember. Th this is on the job. This is, this is at home. This is in the place we worship amongst each other. This is, it. This is with our closer friends that we communicate with all the time, even if you're socially on your communication. Sometimes you see conflict come up or whatever. You see something that's done that's not right or whatever. You're not going to have that right, the right conversation. And we try to avoid conflict. Some may, some may feel that any criticism or disagreement is an attack on them. Everybody's after me. You're offended. You're offended. Everything's not about you. And everything's not about me. But don't wear your feelings on your sleeve. As a Christian, you got to have tough skin. And then you have those that, that, that hit below the belt and they regret it later when it comes to communicating. You just like, you know what, it was your fault and you're just gonna take that cheap shot because you deserve it, you deserve it. Then you have those who withdraw and become silent and angry. What's wrong, babe? Nothing. What's wrong? Nothing. Hey, sis, what, hap what, what happened last week or whatever? How, you, you, uh, I'm good. I'm good. You're not good. Your attitude shows you're not good. What's going on? Oh, I'm good. I'm fine. And then stuff is building up, stuff that we, we've all let go of and passed. You're letting build up. So somebody spilled coffee on your shoes. Now this week you're just tripping because you didn't have a conversation. But you withdrew and you were silent. And then the, the fifth one, when it comes to communication, some may store up complaints from the past. And then they pursue with pressure. I call it saving stamps. 
You know, when you're collecting stamps, you're saving them to use them for another time. You're collecting stamps. You're, collect, you're, 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 you're collecting these coupons because you're going to use them at the right time. I remember what you said, Eric. I remember what you said. I remember what you did. When triggered, we're either one or, the, or two or, or more of these combinations of fighting styles with our communication when triggered. You're just waiting to be triggered. But we're not called to be fighters, are we? We're called to be peacemakers. Jesus was a peacemaker. I think sometimes as Christians we forget that because we get so busy, we get so inculcated in culture, we get so surrounded by what other people are doing and stuff. And so sometimes we're having the conversations and we're slipping up out of the mouth and we're saying things we shouldn't say. We're, we're acting out of character just because we're not in church. <laughs> oh, man. We're supposed to be peacemakers. So even in our fighting, church, listen to me. Lean into, the, lean into this. Lean into this. Even in our fighting, our fighting, we're supposed to sound like our training. Man. Man. Let me give you some scripture for that. Matthew 5, 9 says, God blesses those who work for peace. Do y'all see it? God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. This text isn't descriptive of, of those that will have peace all the time. Nobody has full-time peace. Nobody. Pastor doesn't even have full-time peace. Beautiful Tiffany, you have full-time peace? It's not descriptive of, of those who have full-time peace. It's descriptive of those who fight for peace who fight for peace. In other words, in other words, those that are trying to overcome evil with good in all situations. You're called to be peacemakers. Your pastor is a peacemaker. If I see something's wrong with you, I'm going to address it. I'm going to say something to you because I want to nip it in the blood. I don't want it to soil your spirit because I'm concerned about your spiritual health. So I'm a confronter in love. What style are you when it comes to conflict? Mm. We're supposed to be fighting like we're training so that we'll be the gospel message. You'll be a representation of the gospel, that your words won't be something that disqualify your conversation. Ooh. So, Tiff, would you come and talk, us, talk to us further about fighting fair? So if you're going to fight fair, first off, let me just say, <laughs> I know when you're in the heat of the moment, it's hard to fight fair. Everybody wants to be heard. Everybody has a point that they're trying to get across. So it's hard to fight fair. But the thing that we have to remember is not all things are worth a battle. Some things are worth fighting for, and some things you need to just walk away from it. So when it comes to fighting, for me, I don't, we don't call it fighting, we call it intense fellowship. Um, so when it comes, if I'm trying to decide if, you know, something's a battle or not, sometimes I just do what Nike says. I just, just do it and walk away. I just do it and walk away. And that's hard, because like I said, everybody wants to be heard. But in Proverbs 17, 14, that even says, starting a quarrel is like opening a floodgate. So stop before the dispute breaks out. Again, I'm not saying that all 
and I don't think that this verse is saying that all conflict, you should stop and not have any conflict, but there's times where you should just walk away from it and just not get into it. So here's some things when you're fighting fair, here's some ground rules to consider. Number one is to stay calm. Again, that I know, I know, I know everybody's saying, but I'm arguing, I don't wanna stay calm. But when you stay calm, it makes it easier for someone to listen to your viewpoint and to be able to understand what you're saying. Our job, I, I try to think of it when I'm in conflict with somebody, my job is to try to de-escalate the situation. The situation is already escalated. So it's up here, I'm trying to get it back down here. And the only way you can do that is if you stay calm. People, when they get into shouting matches, they wanna be heard, they wanna be understood. That's why they shout, because they're trying to get over. I'm trying to get this point across. But just stay calm. We all need to rem remind ourselves to stay calm. Number two, you need to leave room for honest feelings. Now here's the time, I know it's hard when you're having a conflict with a friend, a spouse, a coworker, whatever. It's hard to be honest with the feelings, I get that, but what can be solved if you're not honest? What can be solved if you're just, well, you know, I kinda felt a certain way. Um, but I mean, it wasn't like it was a big deal, but it was kinda like it, no. What can you fix with that? That's too vague, that's too open. Nobody really knows, so were you offended or not offended? What, what's, what's the issue? I don't understand. So you have to leave room for honest feelings. Be specific with how you're feeling. If you make things vague, you're gonna make it hard to resolve. Real issues never get surfaced. Real issues never get surfaced. Therefore, real issues are never settled. And this is something that I always say whenever Marshall's counseling somebody and he asks me to sit in. I tell the people right off the bat, if you tell the truth, we can fix the truth. But if you come with a lie, we're gonna fix your lie that you gave us, because that's all you can do. You can either fix the truth or you can fix a lie. It depends on what you're given. So just remember that. Don't hit below the belt when you're trying to get the other person to see your point. I know that that's hard because, well, you just said something to hurt me. Well, guess what? I'm gonna one-up you. I'm gonna go down here. Don't do that, because what is that gonna solve? Then you're just both gonna be hurt. And remember, once you put your words out there, no matter how much you try to, you can't suck them back in. You cannot do it. They're out there. And the person will remember. So the damage is already done. So what I try to do is I try to start off with, if I'm talking to Marshall and it's something, I just try to say, you know, babe, I love you. But there's something that I need to share with you that's bothering me. That's better than, look, you hurt my feelings, and we're going to talk about this right now. It's a lot better when you can come at somebody calm, maybe with loving words, things of that nature. So leave room for honest feelings. Number three, focus on the issue at hand. This just brings up long time ago. Deal with your current issue only. We used to have discussions in the past and we could be arguing about the kids. That was the topic. 
And then the next thing you know, it's on to how you didn't do this when you were supposed to. You said this three weeks ago. Well, why did you look at that like this six months ago? And then you're like, wait a minute. What are we arguing about? We're arguing about the kids, what I said, who I looked at, what was heard. So stay with the fo stay focused with the issue that's at hand. In the middle of a disagreement, we tend to want to bring up the issues from the past. And that's because we don't solve those issues then. We save on to them because you didn't settle it. So you're like, no, I'm going to save this for when. Mm -hmm. I got you because, you know, you're going to hurt me again and I'm going to say how I feel with this issue that I don't want to talk about right now. So we choose to store and to save for a later time. And when you bring up issues from the past, somebody's recollection is not going to be the same as what really happened back then. So it's just better to solve the problem of the issue at hand right at that moment. Number four, attack the problem, not the person. And I was really alarmed when I read this statistic that I'm about to give you guys. FBI states that 28% of murders are domestically related. That means one in four murders are committed by someone in the victim's family. And that's because they decided to attack the person and not the problem. So always remember to attack the problem and not the person. Um, this goes back to what we said with number two, leave room for honest feelings. When you don't have the honest feelings to feel free to share what you want to share and you just store it up and store it up eventually something is going to give way it's just like pants when you start gaining weight that seam is only going to go so far before it's going to bust out that's how it is in a relationship you can only stuff so much and that seam is going to get tighter and tighter and tighter until it just busts and then you got everything out there. And then you don't want that. And I was, I was at fault with that. I don't think you mind me sharing. Um, I'm, I'm a stuffer because I was taught to be a stuffer. So I would stuff feelings, I would stuff issues, and I wouldn't say anything about them until there was one time where there was an argument and <laughs> there was an argument and Marshall said something just simple and it was like I just snapped. And it was because of all of those years. I mean, he even asked me, are you sure you're saved? Because <laughs> that's how bad I snapped. But it was because of all those years of just stuffing, 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 I finally threw it up. So attack the problem and not the person. Don't throw accusations at one another. This only leads to you wanting to defend instead of understand the situation. In any conflict that you have, as you're discussing things, ask yourself, am I attacking the person or am I attacking the problem? That'll help you with your, with your words. Choose your words wisely. I think this is the area that I can say. I got down. I, can, I will choose my words so carefully because I am one that I prefer not to apologize. So therefore, I'm just being honest. 
So therefore, I say my words carefully because then I don't want to come back and say, I'm sorry because I called you a cluckhead. So I try to use, choose my words wisely. In the middle of conflict, are the words building up or are they tearing down? Um, if you stay positive, you'll be more than likely to keep a person's attention. When you start talking negatively, that person's going to just tune out. They don't hear you. You might as well stop. They don't hear you. Um, I always try to ask myself in a conversation after it's done, did I leave room for God to be able to take the words that I said to that person and have them meditate on it and say, you know, maybe I do need to change on that. It's just like when you come and you hear preaching on Sunday. Where is what Pastor Marshall is saying to you? Where is it going? Is it going on fertile ground? Is it going on thorny ground? Is it going on hard ground? It's just bouncing off of you. It's the same thing in conflict. The words that you choose to use during your conflict, make sure that you can leave room where God can say, okay, I'm going to let that sit with them, and I'm going to let that work. God can't work with no mess if you left mess. So I try to always say, did I just deposit or did I just withdraw? Did you deposit good into them where the relationship will keep building? Or did you just withdraw so much that your relationship is about to go bankrupt? So just think about that. And lastly is temporary timeouts. Agree ahead of time that it's okay to have a temporary timeout. If you start feeling like you're getting overwhelmed or if you feel like things are getting out of control, that is totally fine. Sometimes things get too heated and you need to say, okay, hey, we need to take a break, walk away for a minute, come back, and we'll start this up again. There's nothing wrong with that. But you need to agree with that. If you've never agreed with that and you're having a discussion, then you, well, I need some time. They're going to be like, what? Wait a minute. Come back here. So also agree that instead of being silent, as Pastor mentioned earlier, sometimes people get silent and they shut down and they retreat and they don't want to say anything. If you feel, if you're a person like me where you feel like you're getting silent and you want to shut down, also say, hey, I need to take a minute. But I'm going to come back to the conversation when I feel like I can speak what I need to speak without shutting down. But agree to that. And allow some time to adjust for all of these fair fighting rules. I gave you six of them. But you got to allow some time to adjust for that. Because some of y'all have been fighting unfair for a long time. It's just like when you want to lose weight. You can't go to sleep and wake up and you're the weight you want to be. It's a process. That takes time. You got to work on it and you got to keep working it. It's the same thing with this. You can't expect somebody to be like, well... Okay, so you ain't got it yet. You don't know how to speak right. You don't know how to talk fair. You don't know how to, you can't walk away when you upset. What, I mean, what are, we, what are we doing? You got to give time to give the person to adjust. Don't just expect it to happen. Doesn't happen overnight, but if you work it, you will see change. And here's what I've learned and I heard someone say, wise men speak because they have something to say. Fools speak just because they have to say something. So to build on what we were talking about last week, please choose your words carefully. What was that, what was that thing about the wise, wise speak? 
Yes, the wise have something to say. Fools just want to say something. <laughs> Don't be a fool. <laughs> oh, in closing, in closing, I got to give you this. Was this good? Is this good? I mean, are we helping anybody? Okay, okay. In closing, I want to give you this. Ephesians 4.29 says, it says, don't use foul, abusive language. Don't need to say anything else from there. You're a believer? Not if you're a believer. Don't use foul. I'm not talking about something slips up or whatever. I'm talking about the choice to use it. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that the words you will be will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Um, and, and do not bring sorrow to God's spirit. See, that even in our advice, the only thing that the Holy Spirit is obligated to use is scripture. Is scripture. He uses scripture. And so uh, we got we to gotta try to get enough scripture in us so we know how to use it in our conversations and let the words build people up. Oh, my, 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 pastor, you preaching to me. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. It says, remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing you will be saved on the day of redemption. And I think sometimes we forget that in the heat of conflict, in the heat of arguments, in the heat of conversations. He has saved you to redeem you. So you can't, you're not authorized to act outside of character, even in conflict. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. That's what we need to do. That's what separates you from the person down the street. That's what separates you from the coworker in the cubicle next to you. That's what separates you from the, the family member across town in another state. What separates you is that you know that there's something to do that you got to put away. There's some things you got to put away. Everybody say put away. That's what we need to do. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. That's why we do it. Because God has forgiven you. The reason why we put away is because God has forgiven you. When I want to get upset, I start remembering, oh, man, I'm, he, he, took, he, he, he was kind to me. He could have jabbed. He could have took me out. But because he had forgiven me, I need to forgive. But, but, but I feel like sometimes in this moment, sometimes with speaking, uh, sometimes with seeing, um, I, I feel like the Geico commercial where Pinocchio was talking to the people and he's trying to motivate and, and his nose starts growing. Y'all seen the Geico commercial? And he's, he's giving a conference talk and he's talking about, and, and, and you have potential, and you have potential. Sometimes I feel like from the pulpit, from the, from the podium, I feel like sometimes that, you know, I want to say, and, and you can do this, and, and you can do this, and you can do this. And I'm looking at contents, content, contents on your, the, uh, the content of your face sometimes, and, and I'm like, oh, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. But I'm believing you can do it. And you can do it. But I'm really, I'm really concerned who's going to do the work. Who's going to allow the word to be transformative in their lives? <laughs> Remember, the goal 
is to allow our words to be a graceful punch. A graceful punch and not a gut punch like culture would do. That's the goal. That means no matter what kind of conversations we have, Tiff, we're, we're symbolically trying to keep the gloves on. I said, no matter what kind of conversations we're having, we're symbolically trying to keep the gloves on. That's, that's only if you value conversations with people that you value, right? As believers. When, 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 I, when, when we say that, um, understand removing the gloves is the act of unfairness. We're talking about fighting fair. So when I remove the gloves, have y'all seen the movies where people have, have a fight and they're put on rings? I remember the movie Enough where Jennifer Lopez was fighting and what did she do? She bought some pawn shop jewelry and she put the rings on her hands and she taped her hands up, whatever, you know, and she was going to, because she wants to hurt. When you take the gloves off, that, the gloves are the protection. When you take the gloves off, you, you have every intent to be harmful. And we're, we're talking about fighting fair. So if you take the gloves off, your intent is unfairness. Um, when a fighter takes off his gloves, it's a sign that all civil action has stopped when the fighter takes his gloves off. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 now, and now my intent is by any means necessary, we're gonna continue. So, so next week, we're gonna fight, we're gonna, we're, gonna say, we're gonna save next week for part two, we're gonna talk about fighting fair part two, when the gloves come off. Don't miss next week when, when, the, when the gloves come off because sometimes you're going to be in a conversation. How do you deal with the conversation when the gloves comes off? When you're, when you're the only one trying to protect what we got going on in this conversation. How do, you, how do you deal with that? That's real life. How do you deal with that in a conversation when you know they're unsaved, when you know that they don't care, when you know that they disregard God? How do you deal with that? How do you, how do you advance the conversation when the gloves come off? That's what we're going to talk about next week. Yeah, yeah. But since we're going to fight anyway, let's learn to lead the conversations with the grace that God can, intended for us to use them in. Is that good, everybody? Amen. And remember, because good communication is the bridge between minds and hearts. Good communication is the bridge between confusion and clarity. Confusion and clarity. That's what good communication is with the people you value. Let's stand. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for opportunity for us to share your word. I thank you for opportunity, Lord, to... to uh, to minister how to fight fair. And Lord, we ask that you help us, Lord. Forgive us where we failed you in our previous conversations, Lord, when we got outside of character and we've slipped up, we've jabbed, and we've, we've, uh, we've exhibited other fighting styles that, that's not us, but were our former ways of fighting. Lord, forgive us for those. And Father, I just pray that you will bless each and every person who's letting the word minister to them today and, and that you will encourage them, Lord, that advancing the conversation forward from there, 
youth allowed a personal trainer called the Holy Spirit and that he would help them. He would guide them. He would tell them when to step left and when to step right, when to jab, when to lean back and counter. Help us, help us, Lord, to lean on you and to look to you for, for guidance. And Father, I just pray that you will bless each and every home, that you will be with those who, who don't know you as Lord and Savior. Lord, that at, at this time, that they will maybe take a, take a moment to say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. And so with that being said, I would ask the church to just repeat after me. Lord, I surrender my life to you. I believe in your son, Jesus Christ. I believe he's the only way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way to, to heaven. So help me today. In Jesus' name I pray.